All right, let's uh, jump into this now, the NFC South preview, and it's fun having a variety of guests on. I think that this is an opportunity. One of the reasons why we did multiple, like instead of grouping divisions together like we did in the past with like the AFC South and the NFC South separated them was to bring on new people, more people, and we do have a new first-time guest, Dylan Silva. Welcome on. Yep. One of the two Nashville Colts from uh, 2019, or yeah, no, 2009, yeah, yeah, 2019, uh, 2019. Off my little, I yeah. wish we'd be smoking uh, that league. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if it was still like the, the, a men's YMCA. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're definitely excited to have you on. Uh, we know you've been kind of a, a fan of the podcast for a while, and it's a uh, gonna be cool getting your perspective on this and um you did kind of spoil this for me i was gonna ask is this your first time appearing on a podcast you already said yes it is so glad uh we can give you that opportunity i remember my first podcast (laughs) (laughs) i remember my first crabby patty you guys now you guys you guys hit the uh 100 yet i feel like we're we're past 200 at this point. we're past 200 okay I, maybe i mean we're so we're six seasons in i think that this is going to be episode 21 of just season six alone i i could do the math maybe it's not 200 we're definitely past one. Oh, i knew it was so past 100 i didn't know nice. it was 200 though if, if that is the case well congratulations yeah, maybe not that, i mean it, thank you so much <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think like the first question I want to ask is why the NFC South specifically? Because we did offer you pretty much any division. You are you know from New England. You're a Patriots fan. Tom Brady isn't in the division anymore. Like, what has kind of uh, made you want to do this division of all of them? I I feel like uh, such as my face is a new face here. There's a lot of new faces in the, uh, the NFC South. Oh, that there's uh you guys. Great running backs now down there. You got a quarterback that can actually handle himself in uh in the Louisiana, um, the Saints. What else we got? We got um just a lot of new faces. Yeah. I, I like yeah, actually yeah. 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 I, I like <laughs> I mean tons of we got rookie quarterbacks that could either have successful careers or Or could suck and they can draft the <laughs> next guy. Yes. Yeah. Could be could yeah. be terrible. <laughs> Uh, it is, it is an interesting division. I think like one thing that I'll say about this one is there, there are definitely a lot of divisions that look like they could be pretty competitive and you can make a case for all four teams to finish in different places. But this is one where I, I just feel like every time I want to think of one of these teams, I can talk myself into them winning the division and I can talk myself into them being just absolutely terrible finishing in last place. It's like for every something good going on about them, there's two things holding me back. Yeah. Which is like, I I mean, I think I know what direction I'm going to go with a lot of these teams, but I could find myself changing my takes mid episode. And it's, it's an interesting one to talk about, but I think it can also be kind of fun for that reason. I I was sick. Yeah. I uh, feel like a couple of them have a good chance or they're literally going to be the very last team on, on record. So it's just really, like you said, there's not going to be so much in between as it is boomer bust. This division was close last year like with all four teams even with Tom yeah, Brady still in the division with Tampa like they didn't do well last year. they didn't even have a winning record and the other three teams were just behind them uh, all the way to basically the end and so 
I could certainly see a similar case even without Tom Brady in Tampa. And yeah, I think the division, you definitely can make a case for all four teams in, in, in their own ways. Yeah, and let's get started by talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because for the past three seasons, you know, they've been the best team in the division. In 2020, they were a wild card, but they ended up winning the Super Bowl, beating the Saints in the playoffs to get there. Past two seasons, the only team in this division to make it to the postseason. 2021, 13 and 4, number two seed. 2022, like we just said, didn't even finish 500. Like the drop off was very much there. And. Now Tom Brady is retired. He's been, you know, for three years, the Bucs were relevant. They were this uh, contending team in the NFC. And now there's a lot of people who are questioning um, not just whether they can still compete in this division, but like if they're going to just be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, if you just look at, I think most major odds books have them as the longest shot to win the division. And I think a lot of the concern is at the quarterback position going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Uh, we still don't know at the time of recording who will be the Bucks' week one starter. And even then, we don't know that they're still going to be starting come week two. So uh, I think that this is an interesting team to talk about because there still is a lot of talent there. And one potential comparison that's jumping out at me uh, is the Seattle Seahawks of last season. Now, it's not a perfect one, but Russell Wilson, longtime quarterback, Seahawks started to kind of fall off from those early teams that were Super Bowl contenders uh, at the beginning of Wilson's career. And when Wilson gets traded to the Broncos, in comes either Geno Smith or Drew Locke, and everyone just says, oh, Seahawks are going to be terrible. They have no shot of being good. Yeah, but what happens? Well, Geno Smith actually ends up being a pretty good quarterback. They had a great draft class. They had enough talent, still a great head coach, and they actually made the playoffs. So... Uh, the Bucks feel like kind of a team that could maybe be in the same boat. So I think the straight up question is, are they more likely to be like this year's Seahawks or to actually bottom out like a lot of prognosticators are thinking? I I don't I don't see the Bucks doing well this year. Uh Baker Mayfield, not not a great track record. Um you do have some good receivers. I don't know if that that makes up for how bad I see Baker Mayfield as. Maybe I'm I'm biased here, but who knows? How about you, uh, Brian? Uh, I so I I actually like this question, Corey. I do like the comparison. Uh, I don't because I don't I don't think it's impossible for Tampa to make noise in this division, especially with virtually the same roster except quarterback, but. I just have little faith. And when I say little, I mean I have zero faith in the quarterbacks, whether it's <laughs> Baker or Kyle Trask. And so if I were to pick between the two, I would say bottoming out. Uh, I, I just think, yeah, it's it's really it really comes down to the quarterback for me. And so you mentioned the Seahawks, Corey. It, it, you could also wear this question, could Baker Mayfield be this year's Geno Smith or, or bottom out? And True. I think that's I think it's possible because you know both quarterbacks they will take out last year's Geno Smith both quarterbacks they haven't had good careers they both um, they they both have to replace great quarterbacks like Tom Brady or Russell Wilson they're both in ca- quarterback battles like again like this is Geno of last year uh, both had you know have elite receivers uh, and you know another thing mentioning the Seahawks. 
the the Bucks they brought in Dave Canales as their new offensive coordinator. He was the quarterback coach with Seattle last season and many other years. Oh, uh, it's a good good thing to call out. Yeah, so so yeah, there are factors in you know showing that possibly Baker could be this year's Geno Smith, but I just I just don't believe in Baker Mayfield whatsoever or Kyle Trask. They're, yeah, it's it's just the whole Baker yeah, Mayfield. He's thrown, Baker Mayfield. He's thrown a million interceptions. I don't think he'll ever be a Geno yeah, exactly. I don't think he'll ever be a Geno Smith at how how Geno's playing right now. He's thrown a million interceptions in camp right now. And so I don't know. I just think that that his lackluster play at the quarterback position, it kind of it kind of affects the rest of the team because you know, when the Bucks they brought in Tom Brady, it's like, all right, like, we got a real shot here, and they all bought in, and they won a Super Bowl. Well, when you look at the quarterback position now, it's like, oh, we, we're, our team is led by Baker or Kyle Trask, or we don't even know who the quarterback is going to be. And I, I'd imagine that mentally yeah, affects the rest of the team. I don't see Baker having a good sub to try to help with any sort of run game. You know, he he doesn't really I, – I don't see him fitting well really with this team um i do however like uh rashad white he's uh he was a good running back last year yeah i yeah he had a solid rookie season yeah (laughs) look if tom brady were still here it's it'd be like oh wow they they still got mike evans and chris godwin the the huge difference here is is at the quarterback position like if you had a good qb here you have a good team. Yeah, but see, I I oh, ahead, get Corey. that. Well, I say I get that, but you know, Brady wasn't a great quarterback last year. He he, at least not compared to past seasons, he was fine. Yeah, like, he still I, did well enough. I, for the I Bucks just think to Tom Brady was, nine, but he was like just. I mean, I know he still kept playing because he couldn't play anywhere else. Because I'd imagine he wanted to be out of Tampa, but it was either play football in Tampa or retire, and he still wanted to play football. So. He played in Tampa, but he definitely was not thrilled about it, and he had his, you know, a lot of personal issues with Giselle. He he did get divorced, and you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of obligation, obligations with his family, and so that I'd imagine affected him. And if he was, if it was a fully bought in Tom Brady, like I would still think this might sound crazy, but. I would still think he'd be a top ten quarterback if he was fully bought in, but I, I just don't think last year he was. I agree. I I think Tom still has yeah. it. I hate to say it because he, you know, he kind of left New England and me being a big Pats <laughs> fan, but that man can do pretty much anything right now. Yeah. And I feel like just making those comments, like I don't want this to be like a uh, you know shit on Tom Brady, <laughs> but it'd be like. Look, all those factors came into play, and you know the Bucks had a their own issues at quarterback last season. And the reality is, I don't think that they're going to be an eight and nine team this year. I don't think they're going to be as good, but I don't think that they're going to bottom out. I think they'd be somewhere in the middle, just because they still have a lot of talent. I mean, Mike Evans has had a thousand yard season his entire career. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback; I still think he's capable of doing so. Chris Godwin is is still up there. I know he's kind of dealt with some injuries, but when he's healthy, he's like a really good wide receiver too. Uh, Rashad White, I'm very excited to see what he can do as like the number one running back now that um, Leonard Fournette is no longer on the team. And defensively, they still have a lot of names that that jump out to you, at you, like Devin White and Vita Vea and Antoine Field Jr. and Jamel Dean. Yeah, I just have a, a hard time thinking that this team is going to go like 
two and fifteen or whatever. I think that they're gonna be good enough, and I think Baker Mayfield's gonna be good enough for this team to win some games. That is not like a far fetched scenario, and I, I get it. Yeah, I, they're not gonna be like the I Cardinals. I said that about Baker last year. You yeah. see, I said it about Baker last year, and he was awful with the Panthers. The Panthers didn't turn their season around until he got benched, but. I don't know that that game against the Raiders when he was the Rams quarterback and even like against the Broncos like down the stretch he like showed enough that I can kind of convince myself that all right maybe he can still have something in him and he's playing with some some high quality talent on the offensive side of the ball now their offensive line can't really be overlooked Ryan Jensen is back but there's a lot of question marks outside of him and Tristan Wirfs and that could certainly be an issue especially for a guy like Baker Mayfield who thrives off play action and you know being creative as opposed to just being your traditional pocket passer but I don't know. I mean, it, they're a team where it's like I, I can totally convince myself a scenario where Tampa is still like a legitimate threat. I think the best case scenario for them would be find themselves picking at the top of the draft and getting an opportunity to take Caleb Williams or Drake May because I don't necessarily look at either Baker or Trask as long-term options. But I feel like this team does have enough talent that I'm not just going to say, oh, they're just going to have a really long season and just be absolutely terrible and not – at least give you reasons to think, oh, maybe the box is still kind of okay. Well, Corey, the question was pick I one or the that. other. Pick the pick them. I know. Pick and them to I'm be the Seahawks and make the playoffs or bottom out. So like, bottom out. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely thinking they're still going to bottom out because if, Let's just say Baker doesn't do it. Trask, there's no way that Trask. No, I mean is if if Baker, I will there. say that I will change my tune quickly You're if Kyle Trask becomes their Baker. quarterback. <laughs> I am relying a lot on Baker Mayfield. I'll say that, but I do think that they are more likely. And when I say the Seahawks, like. Seahawks made the playoffs. They were like a kind of legitimate playoff team. A lot of it just comes down to the NFC South is so wide open because all of these teams have so many flaws. None of them look like legitimate Super Bowl contenders that just going eight and nine or nine and eight could be good enough to to get into the postseason and win this division. Yeah, that, that's why so, I can see that. that that's yeah, why I don't think it's a zero percent chance for Tampa because all four of these teams in this division are so flawed that yeah, you can win the division at eight and nine or nine and eight. And mm-hmm. I think that's, I, I think that isn't the, I think it's possible for Tampa to do that. I just, between the two, yeah, I'm going to pick bottoming out though. <laughs> it is kind of crazy to, to say that I'm the highest on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the past <laughs> few seasons when I was as low as I could be trying to kind of talk myself out of, uh, you know, I Brady. Can, and I can them, talk myself into it. Like, my favorite team. It really is virtual. <laughs> oh, I could too. Uh, yeah, I could, I could see uh, myself. The whole thing is is that if Baker doesn't do it, no, no one can. You're not gonna, you're not gonna rely on Trask. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that sentiment, and you know, it, it is it is a a bold thing to kind of hitch my wagon to Baker Mayfield, like actually looking like a competent quarterback, but. He set the bar so low for himself the past few years that I feel like any type of a little upgrade could be enough, just given all the talent around him on offense. So. Um, he definitely had an offensive upgrade. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I yeah, think he's got a, better receivers. He's got team. better O-line play. I mean, if they stay yeah, healthy. Yeah, so yeah. it's not impossible. <laughs> Just don't believe in mm-hmm. him. Yeah, no, and it, it's totally fair. I, I, I would say it. I'm probably about, like, 40, 60 that they're going to... Bo- I know that's not a huge thing, but still, yeah, I, I think 60% yeah, I, bottom I'm, out. I'm with Dylan same probably the same numbers as well 
Even though I didn't sound like that. <laughs> it made it sound like 90-10. Uh, all right. Well, I'll say I'm 60-40. The other uh, way. You know, being like, yeah, in the other direction and actually being kind of a, a decent team. Um, so I guess let, let's move on to the next team in here. And the New Orleans Saints for a long time in uh, the end of the 2010s going into 2020 were the class of the NFC South. Drew Brees retires following the 2020 season and – the, the Saints the past couple of years have been kind of okay. Uh, you know, they tried out Jameis Winston. They tried out Andy Dalton. A lot of, you know, the cap space hell kind of added up. Some of their players started to get older. And the past two seasons, they failed to make the playoffs. Now, this year, they're hoping to rejuvenate their team and get back by bringing in Derek Carr as their quarterback. So, uh, I think really the question with when it comes to the Saints is, is Derek Carr a big enough upgrade over the likes of Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston to get the Saints offense back on track and really just the Saints in general uh, back to that playoff uh, NFC South team they were for a while? Yeah. I'll go. Do you want to go first, Dylan, or do you want me to go first? Sure. I, I absolutely. Um, big upgrade. Uh, Carr last year, I think, was performing – on one of his higher seasons. I'm not sure if it was any season setting records for him, uh, PRs, but even getting someone like Chris Olav, who was playing at a pretty high, high level. Um, I hate this to say it, but even Mabel, maybe Michael Thomas might be able to <laughs> throw in a cute, a couple of uh, huge routes and, I, yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe two. On I see, season. I see him doing really well. In New Orleans, and he's only ha- he only has support everywhere. So, I I'm I'm pretty confident that they'll they're the team to beat right now in this division. Yeah, I mean i I think uh, I think by default that Derek Carr can elevate this team only because their quarterbacks right, last right. season were Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, who are just not very good. <laughs> and Derek Carr is at least a serviceable quarterback, even if he's overpaid. Uh, is Andy Dalton a Falcon now? Panthers. Panthers, yeah. Panthers, that's right. Yeah, he, 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 he's he's been yeah, on like Baker. 12 different teams. <laughs> he goes to a different team every year ever since he left Cincinnati. But, yeah, so I think Derek Carr, just by default, I think will elevate them. But I don't blame you if you don't think he can just because – so Derek Carr, he put up 24 touchdowns and 14 interceptions last year. You know who also did that? Okay. The entire state's – quarterback depth chart yep. <laughs> when you mm-hmm. especially if you, if you include Taysom in that conversation too they put up 24 touchdowns and 14 interceptions so he was basically putting up the same exact stats as the Saints quarterbacks but I still think it's an upgrade even though the stats don't show it because I, I think Derek Carr will really benefit from just a new scenery and he'll benefit from having a I good agree. defense yeah. I think he has a, a sort of uh, veteran mentality that he brings to the team. Yeah, Derek Carr, even though you certainly can question his play, I think he's always been a good veteran in the locker room. Uh, I th- I think he's handles adversity not always well, but well at times, especially during that 2021 season with all the chaos that, chaos that happened that yeah. year with Gruden and Ruggs. And so I, so I just think he's, I think he's a good dude. Yeah, good veteran. And yeah, I just think that He'll benefit from having a good defense because the Raiders' defense has always sucked. While the Saints' defense is much—I'm not saying they're elite, but they're definitely a much better defense than Las Vegas has ever had. And yeah, I, I 
and I like his weapons too, like Olave. You know, he's not Devontae Adams, but he's still, I mean, for a rookie, he put up really good numbers last year. And Michael Thomas, he's always been injured, but, you know, maybe if, if he were to stay healthy, that'll definitely uh, be a, you know, good impact for for the Saints. And I, yeah, I, I agree with Dylan that I think this is the team to beat in this division. So, yeah, I think I think there's a good chance that Carr can elevate the team. So, I I will say I don't want to sound different just for the sake of being different. Like these are takes I had coming in, but I am not really all that high on Derek Carr and the Saints. And I don't know how much of that is because I was so high on him with the Raiders last year, and it just blew up in my face that I just have a vendetta against him. But I mean, you, you kind of talked about it when you threw out the stats. Like the Saints' offense. Uh, particularly in the passing game, they weren't god awful. And it, it sounds like on paper Derek Carr should be better than Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, but you know, the the touchdown interception and even just offensively, they were very fifteenth to twentieth range across the board, passing offense, rushing offense, total offense. When it comes to like skill position talent, I feel like last year's Raiders team had more to offer. Yeah, because Jacobs had a Adams really great season and, and, and Josh Jacobs, yeah. yeah. Alvin Kamara suspended the first three games. I don't know how that's going to affect him. There's a lot of love about um, their their rookie running back that they took in like the third round, uh, like Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller. He's, he already has a knee sprain. I, I should yeah, I should clarify so like elevate. Like they're not going to go from like one of the <laughs> uh, worst to one of the best. They'll go from one of the worst to a, a little bit better, like middle of the pack. <laughs> I just want to. You know, I, I, I can see them that. going. Well, they, they're already middle of the pack, is the thing. And it's easy to like look at them and say, like, well, they weren't really middle of the pack, but statistically they were. And maybe part of that was that I feel like offensive performances last year were just kind of down across the board that everybody was just really bad. And Derek Carr. In theory, I mean, he makes the Saints the favorites in this division. Like, he deserves to be. That's part of it too. Has the, the competition. He goes from the AFC West. I, I get it. You know, uh, I know they disappointed last year, but it was still a a good, really good division. While the, this division's definitely much worse, and it's I think it. Like, I get it. This this division is pretty bad. The, the stats <laughs> might not say it, but I I think that I I think Carr will benefit from a change of scenery. And I can see that. I think that is a very valid argument because it seemed like him and Josh Daniels just did not vibe at all. So Dennis Allen, he's a different person at the very least. And uh, I I do think there is enough reason, like just evidence throughout his career and a lot of the turmoil he's dealt with and overcome to not necessarily judge him too much off of the 2022 season or yeah. But I don't know. I feel like the way things ended with his time in Las Vegas, I just have my reservations about the guy. And I also don't think that the saints are as good as they, they have been just overall. I feel like, you know, Michael, Thomas you you genuinely have no idea if you're gonna see him like what you're gonna get out of him and then just defensively like they definitely bled some talent lost some guys in free agency they focused kind of heavily on early in the draft uh Brian Breezy their first round pick is gonna be asked to replace some veterans on the defensive line I, I don't think it's crazy I mean I, I feel like I am higher on the Saints than I am on the Bucks, but I'm also like don't think that the Saints are gonna make this huge leap with Derek Carr coming in I can see where you're where you're coming from. Uh, I think when they have all their weapons, they'll play really well. But but it's a question of does he of... does he elevate it like a, a ton? No. Does he elevate it slightly? I would say yes. 
slightly. Yeah, which is why I guess I wish the question was also worded differently because just by (laughs) default, he will make them better because those Uh, other two guys, even though the stats might not say it, kind of (laughs) suck. No, and I guess that that is a a good way to look at it. Um, You know, just like it feels like with the Saints, uh, the team in August versus the team in January are just not the same at all. Yeah, because if they they win in division, they'll... (laughs) They'll likely just lose their first game to whoever plays them in the wild card round, if they were to make it. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, that it feels like a a bold call to say that one of these teams is gonna not only win the division but be a true Super Bowl contender. <laughs> Saints probably have the highest ceiling just because of I Derek would say Carr. Saints have the highest ceiling but... on on winning the division at least. No, I don't think any of these teams. Are winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Ten wins is probably like a realistic height for any of these teams. So. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's move forward now. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons and the Falcons last season. Uh, another you know like pretty much everyone else's division went just below five hundred. They showed moments where oh maybe they can actually make the playoffs and win this division, but ultimately kind of crashed and burned down the stretch and. The past three seasons, they've drafted in the top 10 and they've drafted a skill position player, Kyle Pitts in 2021, Drake London last year, and now this season, Bijan Robinson, who on talent alone was certainly worth where he was drafted. You can question taking a running back that high, especially when the Falcons have a couple other guys in the mix here. Uh, nonetheless, they are trying to load up offensively. And uh, after doing so, is this a team that's kind of ready to take over the NFC South in any way? I don't think this year, but maybe maybe next year or the year after. Um, this year, I don't see it. I, th- I think this is like a not so much a rebuilding year as it is like a schematics year. Like we have some good weapons. How do we use them to our advantage now? Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I definitely see Dylan's point because they have great weapons but it's really this is like another team like kind of like Tampa where it's the quarterback position is a huge question mark. I believe in the Falcons more than the Bucks though. Something I thought I would never say. I <laughs> But I I I do I do believe the Falcons have a really good shot at winning the, the NFC South just because like you mentioned Corey with the you know the three good playmakers they've drafted in the first round consecutive seasons with Kyle Pitts, Drake London and and now Bijan Robinson. And, you know, they're certainly a run first team. Corey and I can certainly uh, <laughs> certainly know that by, you know, drafting Falcons pass catchers in the past. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, after drafting Bijan eighth overall and, you know, you know, with how the NFL is where they're becoming more anti running back in terms of spending high draft capital on the Falcons aren't aren't on that page and they're taking running backs at eight overall. And I think. Based on based on that and just how their offensive approach is, uh, I think that they're going to be a very run heavy team. But I think they could be a successful run heavy team uh, with Bijan in there, and I think their defense will also improve because last year, last year defensively they were not good at really anything. They were second in sacks yeah. or second second uh, lowest second yeah second yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were the second worst in terms of sack percentage and they were bottom 10 and you know opposing a completion percentage yards it, just anything they were bottom 10 basically mm-hmm. everything and you know they made some good additions on 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 defense they added Jesse Bates 
uh, in free agency, uh, you know, to help out uh, in their secondary. And, you know, they also picked up other guys like Clayus Campbell and Bud Dupree. And look, they're, they're not going to be an elite defensive line or anything, but I think they can make a big jump just because they were just so, they've been so bad pressuring the quarterback the past few seasons. And so I like, I like their weapons on offense, and I think their defense can make a big jump. It's really comes down to whether it's Desmond Ritter or my guy Taylor Heineke. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can see yeah. Heineke taking over if well, obviously if Ritter's not stepping up. I'm not huge on Ritter. Um, I do really like all the uh, the running backs on this team. I think that uh, Bijan will develop well on this team i think this was the perfect team for him actually oh for sure yeah um, if he was going to end up anywhere Cal- uh, atlanta was definitely the, the choice yes yes it was yep it, great for his career um kyle pitts i was i've never really been huge on kyle pitts if i'm being honest um i unfortunately have been before we'll see how, we'll see how he <laughs> i does. unfortunately have been he was awesome in college yeah. i thought he was gonna be a star. i think part like, of it's the team might be. I, I, I i think it i do too. i agree i think i think if, a if, large part of it is the team because he's basically a wide receiver wide receiver at the tight end position and if he were on a team that had right. you know legitimate quarterback and legitimate good coaching uh especially passing wise i think i think we would see how good kyle puts really is but because he's on Atlanta, it's just it just it's not a great fit uh, schematically. Yeah, I mean, I think that's totally fair, and I think um, you know this is one where you both have opposite takes. So I got to agree with one of you finally, <laughs> and it is Brian that I do like the Falcons this year. Um, and you know, I thought you were going to be more heavily talking about the offense, and I kind of the points you said they're going to be a run heavy team. Like you know, Bijan Robinson feels like he's a good addition here, but I also feel like Tyler Algier. Corderell Patterson, others they put back there can also help in that department. It's the defense that really makes me think that the Falcons can be like a true contender in this division and take that next step because they were so bad last year. And I don't know, maybe all of their additions aren't going to work out. Clayus Campbell is, you know, almost yeah, he's, 40. He's and, old, but he's, he's usually effective yeah. too. But yeah, I, I, have, I, I have them finishing a close second. So, I mean, it's not <laughs> too crazy to think that they could, they could be the team over the Saints, but uh Again, I mean, we'll, we're going to see. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I mean, just kind of talking about the, the Falcons defense, just like adding these guys. You know, Bud Dupree is someone who was great in Pittsburgh, and then Tennessee Absolutely. just, you know, couldn't uh, match that same type of performance. But at least he's being compensated more fairly on a one year, $5 million deal. I, I think that uh, bringing Jesse Bates, like that's a, a star safety, you know, Pro Bowl caliber, per, caliber player, like they're, they're putting in the effort to make the defense better. And I think that just because of that, this defense is going to be improved enough that even if the Falcons run a run first offense where it's like, Oh, they have these weapons, but like they're, they're just kind of grinding to, you know, 20 point totals. Like it could be enough for them to take that next leap. And I don't know if take over the division is the right term, but I do think that they're going to be much more competitive, much more realistic. Last year, I tried to buy into them and then didn't really work out down the stretch. But I don't think it matters who the quarterback is in this division. I think between Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, they have similarities. I think with Heineke, you're going to see games you're like, this is a future Hall of Famer. And games you're like, yeah, this is why Washington wanted to give Carson Wentz a shot over him. Uh, and Desmond Ritter is someone who I feel like by default, I have to kind of hedge against him, given that the, the Steelers took Kenny Pickett 
hate over him, but I also like feel like the small sample size we saw last year wasn't all that exciting. Um, and I think that between the two of them, like they can be just good enough uh, with the offense around them and then the added defense for the Falcons to be a much more competitive team, someone who you can actually see, you know, winning this division uh, and, you know, being like the best of a weaker bunch, but also being like kind of an okay team. Yeah. The, the reason why I mentioned the defense more is because we, we already know they're uh, offensively, their skill position, their skill guys. We, like we know all about them. It's just that I think the bigger jump will happen defensively. And yep. as much as I hate their approach offensively, at least they have the, the, the coaching and personnel to do it. Even if I hate it, like, I don't think that gets you, you know, to, the Super Bowl, like I, I, like that's why that's why I'm never high on teams like Baltimore in terms of Super Bowl chances, but always high on their right. always high on their floor, and so, mm-hmm. so I I do like Atlanta. Yeah, unfortunately, you can have the best coaching in the world, and you're, I mean, if it doesn't express on the field, then it, you're failing that year. It doesn't mean you're yeah. a bad coach. It just means you're not having the best year with whatever you have going on with your team. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and it, I just think like, that's kind of just a fair... like with with the Saints are going to have a real rough start, like without Alvin, without Camara for just, the first few games. Exactly, yeah, it's going to be could be could be a problem. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think what you kind of called out in terms of being high on the floor. I think the Saints have the highest feeling or highest ceiling because of feeling. you know having the veteran experienced quarterback. But I think the Falcons have the highest floor. Uh, I just think that, you know, they improved on a team that went seven and 10 last year, at least made attempts like on in their weakest spots. So mm-hmm. I think Very because well of that, yes. like they're a team where even though the quarterback situation, I don't necessarily love it. I do think that, you know, they have enough going on around them that I feel pretty good about their chances of at least being in contention to win the NFC South late into the season. <laughs> Whereas other teams, I feel like there's more opportunities for things to go wrong. Yeah, Even though they technically finished last, it was a tie, right? And it was at yeah, seven. It was, it was like seven and ten, right? Seven and ten. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, if it, and it, all it did was it allowed them to pick before the Panthers, yeah, and, which I mean, the Panthers traded up anyway. But <laughs> I mean, you know. so even though, <laughs> yeah, if they can finish seven and ten with the defense that they had last year, and also adding Bijan, I I could easily see him winning eight or nine games, maybe ten. Like, maybe but that ten. tens tens probably yeah. a little unrealistic, but I mean, it's not impossible. I could see them winning I ten think- games. Yeah, it's not I don't, crazy. I wouldn't Especially say if, if I'm if I'm thinking that the Panthers are gonna play as as poorly <laughs> as I think. We'll yeah, I mean, keep in mind they're later. playing ten games against the NFC South and the AFC South, which again it kind of works. Like some of them, they could just all go five and five against each other like, if that's how you want to look at it. But mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. feels like one of one of the teams has to be you know maybe a better record wise than they look just because of you know beating up on their competition, the the classic good bad team. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess, you know, let's jump in and talk about the Panthers. Dylan doesn't sound like you're super high <laughs> on them. Uh, probably rocking with a rookie not. quarterback this year. No, um, that's what I'm saying. You're already so, off to a pretty rough start, even with your second, their backup second string as Andy <laughs> Dalton. Again, I'm your, your quarterback uh, rookie coming in isn't having the best mentor. <laughs> At least that's how I feel. I mean, Andy Dalton poisons the team. You heard it here first. Passed around a little that is bit. A wild, wild concept. I'd love to expand <laughs> on that a little more, but I guess like how good does Bryce Young have to be for you to believe in the Panthers this year? He as long as as long as, as he's getting a feel for everything, it 
it it could be a good year for him, but I'm not I'm just not certain that it's going to be. I don't think he has uh the the best uh okay. Well, he's got Miles Sanders as his running support and he has Adam Thielen for a running for a wide receiver, but other than that, not many weapons. He's got DJ Chark. He was he's, all right. He's he's shown he moments. So so yeah. yes, that's what yeah he showed moments. Um, I mean, I'll do a quick pause and say so. I've tried to like dress the part for division some easier than others we're talking about the carolina panthers i'm wearing a carolina game carolina, there you go. so i'll take the time to plug hayden hurst as his tight end you know they brought in a new new talent at that position uh but i, I get it i i understand like the, the panthers it, i don't really believe in bryce young being like one of those rookies that is you know, lights it up right away. And I think part of it is I do have some doubts about the playmakers around him. I think the Panthers last season at seven and 10, they had a revolving door of quarterback. It doesn't feel like he has to be amazing for the Panthers, especially in this division. Uh, but I, I do kind of have some doubts offensively. I think their defense is going to have to be a strong suit for this team. And they, they have a lot of, a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Another game, JC Horn, Brian Burns. Uh, but they, uh, you know, I, I guess Brian, you, I know you want to kind of jump in there. How uh, how high are you on the Panthers in regards to this rookie quarterback? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really that high on Carolina. You you asked the question, how good does Bryce Young need to be as a rookie for the Panthers to win this division? I would say that Bryce Young would have to be in the conversation for MVP for that to happen. Because wow, okay. Like I don't think that will happen, but but I think for Carolina, <laughs> uh, Carolina to win a division, no, it definitely won't happen. I think yeah. that would need to happen because. It's not. It's not about the competition because we've already established that the competition isn't that great in this division. But it's just that I'm so low on their supporting cast. Like I think it's a major work in progress, you know. Because, like, yeah, like, you know, Adam Thielen. I agree. Yeah, you have a you have a, de- a declining yeah a declining Adam, Adam Thielen who was just really not that good last year, especially in a good offense uh, like Minnesota and. And then, like you said, Dylan, they brought in DJ Chark, who has been injured. Yeah, a like, good for third the past option. Not, yeah, exactly. He's He's been injured. He's a, he's a good third option. Not so much. I wouldn't want him as one of my primaries. Yeah, like so he's he's missed 19 of the last 34 games. He's always been hurt in the past couple seasons. And they've drafted Jonathan Mingo in the second round. He may, may be good, may not be. He's definitely the biggest wild card uh, of their receiver group. Uh Maybe he'll be good. I don't know. And they brought Panthers Miles fans Sanders. Have definitely convinced me he'll be great. They brought Miles Miles Sanders, who could be good, especially in this offense. I'd imagine he'll be run first offense, especially with a rookie quarterback. And you know Frank Reich, when he was in Indianapolis uh, under the Colts under him, they were the fifth fifth in rush play percentage. And they also have Deuce Staley as their assistant head coach now, who is the running backs coach. Uh, with Detroit last year, and we saw Jamal Williams score a million touchdowns, and so I'd imagine they're going to pound That's the rock right. <laughs> a lot uh, in in Carolina. But at the same time, Miles Sanders he's now behind an O line that's not bad, but it's not like the Eagles' offensive line. And so, yeah, so I I just don't love the supporting cast that Bryce Young has, and defensively, it's kind of a two man show with Brian Burns and uh, and Derek Brown, and in terms of their pass rush at least. Uh, and then, 
Yeah, like I just I don't I don't love Carolina. Nothing. Bryce Young is really small, like really small. <laughs> yeah, he's he's tiny. Like, I mean, yeah, like Russell Wilson's small, but at least he's kind of jacked. <laughs> like Bryce Young is small everywhere. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I I don't love Carolina this is year. That- He's got he his frame reminds me of uh Justin Fields. It's kind of except Justin so Fields is a lot faster, and I and I think he's a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, Bryce Fields Young is, is yes. Justin Fields is bigger. Like uh, any quarterback you're gonna throw out there. Like just looking at Bryce Young, it, it's like there's reason to kind of be concerned uh, beyond just his height. Uh, I. Maybe I'm a little higher on the Panthers because of how they ended last season and just like it was easy to write them off as like one of the worst teams in the league and they actually look competitive, but they also have a new head coach. And as much as Frank Reich could be kind of a quarterback whisperer for Bryce Young, I don't know if you can necessarily say it's going to be the the same thing. Uh, There are a lot of reasons to be down on this team. I think that they are the team I'm probably the the most down on this year. I think like them and the Bucks, they go back and forth. And I don't want to say that I'm high on the Bucks just to say that I think that they're not going to be the worst team in football. Well, you were talking about floor I, I and do. ceilings, and yes, I, I think know. I think the I think the Bucks have a higher ceiling than than Carolina, even if the they Panthers have a lower do. floor. Um, so I don't blame you for that. Too. I I would say I'm I can't really differentiate. I I would say they're pretty pretty even, maybe. Carolina has a higher just because if Miles Sanders can give uh, Bryce Young the support, Bryce Young could potentially excel. And I'm saying that very potentially. I'm not very big on Bryce Young. Um, wow. So you think that trade again, sucked not, then? <laughs> <laughs> I think what the, the trade, the, the Carolina the traded. Uh, oh, the trade. The yeah. No. Um, yeah. Uh, Miles Sanders, it was a, it's a decent pickup. Um, but other than that, there's not a lot to be excited about. I would say about, that there, it's a lot like what um, what Corey said. Guy have the defense. If their yes, defense I, isn't up to snuff, it, they're they're done for. They might they might be the. It's that's what's the determining factor here is the defense. Yeah, and I, that's why I don't necessarily think Bryce Young needs to be MVP or Pro Bowl caliber. Part of it is the division. Well, I, I think he does he just would. because but he has to carry the rest of the team. <laughs> yeah, and I, I get like being concerned about the offense, but I mean, the, so you mentioned you know, just a couple guys on defense. They they brought in a lot of players. It's kind of like Atlanta for them. It's like bringing in veterans like Shy Tuttle and Justin Houston, uh, Von Bell. I think Jeremy Chin has shown a lot as a, a safety there. Uh, but the big thing to me is bringing in Elijah Vero as their defensive coordinator. The Broncos let him get away when they decided to hire Sean Payne as head coach over him. And as bad as the Broncos offense was, their defense was still really, really good, which is kind of – it's saying something because when you're constantly being on the field when your your offense goes three and out every other possession. So I like the potential he can do with the defense that offensively they don't need to be fantastic to win football games. Now, Bryce Young can't be terrible. I think if they rely too much on Andy Dalton, they're going to be similar to last year's Saints team that was 7-10 and 10 and never really a serious threat in this division. But – I do think that their defense will be good enough this year just you know, with the talent they have and really the coaching that Bryce Young, he's just got to look competent. He just has to look the part. He can't go out there and look like a guy who just is not capable of uh, being an NFL quarterback, too small, like too many growing pains, which very much is possible. Like I don't necessarily believe in him a ton as a rookie, but I don't think it's a, like a crazy thing to think that he can be 
good enough and that the defense can be great and his weapons around him can be good enough as well. But, yeah, I think yeah. that the offensive uh, coordinator position where if they can get some sort of offense moving, then it was their pickups coaching-wise, not so much offensive-wise, that actually set them apart from any other teams in this division. All right. So with that, let's uh, move on to our uh, question segment portion of the episode. And, uh, you know, Dylan, you had mentioned before, there's a lot of new faces in the NFC South. So there's probably a lot of uh, different directions we can go with this one. But who is a new addition to this division that could have the biggest impact? I would say, actually, uh, Bijan Robinson with that little trio going on in uh in Atlanta, they could have a really solid run game where they're they're throwing in different combinations because we all know that Cordell he he comes out of the backfield and can just be explosive and I think that last year if that didn't show that Cordell is a potential uh top ten running back I know it's a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, I, I've always really liked Cordell Patterson and um, yeah, I think that, but adding someone like Bijan can, can make it fits for the rest of the rest of the exactly you know, opposing defenses. Yep, you gotta have good support. Yeah. My pick was also Bijan. I just think that, <laughs> you know, last year opposing defenses, they would know that Atlanta was a very heavy run first team. And even with that, Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson were still, rushing just under five yards a carry and those guys are not nearly as talented as Bijan robinson and right so if that's the case then Bijan can easily run for like much 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 more uh much more yards and he's gonna get all the touches possible like he's probably a lock for 300 plus touches this year just given how much draft capital they how high how highly they think of him and how you know taking him eighth overall and so that was also my pick for for newest edition i guess my backup would be Derek carr because Corey, anytime we've done this question in the past we could always go with negative or positive <laughs> and i feel like Derek carr that can go one way or the other uh for the saints just because of that absurd contract that he got i like Derek carr but that feel like feel like that's a big overpay especially if the saints don't <laughs> uh meet expectations and they miss the playoffs so i'll go with Derek carr as a backup yeah, I mean, I, I think both of those are probably the two most common answers you can come up with. Uh, I wrote down a few different Falcons that I could also throw out here. Uh, I think defensively, they added a ton of talent that, uh, you know, there are probably a handful of guys I could stand out. But I'm going to go with uh, a player that we haven't mentioned here that could be a pretty underrated addition, and that's Mac Hollins. And he is coming off at the best season of his career with the Raiders. They're bringing him in. He's probably going to be wide receiver too. If the Falcons passing game is going to open up, he's probably going to have to play a big role. And if he can do that, he can go a long way in making this offense not just uh, you know one-dimensional rushing offense, being help for Ritter or Heineke, whoever it is. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, the Falcons offense could be looked at even you know, more explosively. Uh, if they do have a bit of a passing game and they have multiple options that can help with that outside of just Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Have you ever seen have you seen Mac Hollins in training camp with the the giant hair and the big muscles? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I haven't. There's some no, there's some clips of him running routes and it's like, wow, like this yeah. he's, this guy's jacked and he's got 
this giant flow. <laughs> nice. And no, right, more to, to mention yeah. <laughs> their receiving core. Okay, yeah, like Drake London is great and Kyle Pitts is great when he gets the ball. But it's a massive drop off after those guys. In terms of the mm. passing game, I guess if you want to include Bijan that too, since he'll be a big pass catcher in their backfield as well. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of the wide I think they in terms of the wide receiver the, position, yeah, it's such a big drop off after Drake London. So yeah, like I I'm Matt Collins, you know. Yeah, I mean I he could Drake be. Collins I mean it's another Collins. one. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Solid I guess just two. thinking that if it's not a big drop off, Matt Collins is probably a big reason why, and uh, you know, could go a long way for that Falcons offense. So, um, the next one here is who is a player or coach in this division who is under the most pressure to succeed? So, Brian, I will let you go first since Dylan went first last. Can time. I pick the same player? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> That's a lot of money to one guy who really hasn't. I'm. I, he's he's done fine in his career, but. Again, that's a lot of money to pay Derek Carr. And, I mean, there's an opt-out after, I think, year three of his contract. But I just think that... Is that that far from now? I think so, yeah. I think it's it's year three where they can... uh, Or there's like a team option, I think. And so, yeah, like (laughs) they're, they're the team that has the highest ceiling and the highest expectations... Not that they're super high, but just compared to the other three teams, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think they have the highest ex- expectations in this in this division. And it, the it's Derek Carr, favorite. and then like three journey, journeyman quarterbacks, quarterback rooms. Yeah, or rookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, either rookies or journeymen. Yeah. So uh, uh, he's like the clear top option at quarterback. And so if if he, if if the Saints were to fail, then that's a pretty bad luck on him. So I'm going to go with Derek Carr again. <laughs> I I can see that Um, with the quarterback situation in uh, the Saints, uh, New Orleans, you can definitely see that Carr has to be the guy. There is no other option. Um, Jameis Winston, he's, (laughs) I would say, a very sub-subpar quarterback he he has i guess he he has been he has been there for the saints he's put up you know he he has potential i would say uh if by some bad stroke of luck car is just the worst they might be able to get get through with Jameis winston um i think they have great targets you got Chris Olavi and Michael uh, Michael Thomas when Michael Thomas is healthy. Um, yeah, so it, it makes Alvin it Kamara makes sense that if, yes, yeah, it makes sense that Carr would be the choice here. That yeah, that, no, I agree. I I think Carr is like Carr, the, the Carr, easy yeah, answer. Carr's He's the, not the only answer, yep. but yeah. So I guess the only you have somewhere card. else you, you want to throw. You could have a couple of different answers there. I would say uh, that Carr is the biggest wild card, though. If if he plays well, they're going to do well. If he plays bad, there you are not going to be able to they they might be one of the worst uh, uh teams they might be the third uh three spot uh two spot in this division instead i don't see them being the the worst but possibly three if Derek Carr doesn't perform yeah anyway who's who's the most under pressure besides you? Derek Carr unless you want to agree with me yeah. Dylan. 
Besides there, I would, yeah. I, no, I agree with you. Simple as that, Corey. Another name you want to throw out? Okay. All right. No, that that's fine. I, I mean, I had two names. I, I'm just gonna since Dylan's not gonna throw one out, I'll just <laughs> throw out two. And I thought about um, is one of them Bryce Young? No, no. I mean, I I do think there is pressure on him just because you know of what the Panthers gave up to acquire him. But I think instead, I'm gonna go with his number one receiving option, who I thought about saying is a new addition and could have the big impact. But also under pressure, Adam Thielen. I mean, he's all mm-hmm. of a sudden has mm-hmm. to come in and replace DJ Moore, and he's someone who the Vikings had forever was a great player with them and then just slowly started to show signs of his age and he's immediately cut and Panthers gave him a three-year contract but they can easily get out of it after one year if he doesn't live up to what they expect from him just doing a one-for-one comparison on Thielen versus DJ Moore his numbers are down across the board and Thielen is much older I don't know I guess I didn't look up the exact age range difference but he's in on the wrong side of 30 at this point and he's going to be expected to be this team's top receiving option you know maybe Hayden Hurst at tight end but at least in the wide receiver room he's going to come in and be expected to kind of mentor some of the younger options they have there and really be the top guy for uh, Bryce Young and you know if he's not then the Panthers offense they have they have great. no explosive playmakers on offense and if you're looking to Adam Thielen to provide that that's not going to happen <laughs> he had career lows uh, last year and a lot of numbers like he yeah. was he was 88th among among receivers last year in yards per route run average and he was he had a career worst 10.2 yards per reception last year in a good Minnesota offense and yeah that's yeah. That's why I don't think the the pressure's all on him. I don't think they're. I mean, I think they are taking a risk. Not well. It's not a huge risk because Adam Thielen does have a good history. But with how he's playing right now, I I think that it's just uh, it's not so much pressure as it is like oh like let's gamble on Adam Thielen and if he does well, well he just made our rookie quarterback look great and now we're our team looks great. So he he could potentially be the biggest impact i guess you could say you could, i know and uh, i did I consider that was him the there. question <laughs> that was not the, last so much question. the risk part of it uh, <laughs> There's the, the risk pack uh risk and impact of it yeah that was they, i i can agree with 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 cory on that too it was that's a good answer they did pay uh, and then the, they uh, did pay him three years 25 million 14 million guaranteed it's kind of it's mm-hmm. kind of a lot for a guy who's really declining he could be like the next eric decker where remember when eric decker had a lot of great years in the slot and then just fell off a cliff that could be i'm feeling yep. right now at this point in yeah. his career yeah i agree um and i think that the there's a lot of organizational pressure on him um and then the other name to throw out is uh devin white for the tampa bay buccaneers i mean he looked like a stud early in his career 2020 was awesome uh 140 tackles nine sacks 2021 dropped off a little but still a pro bowler has one pro bowl selection last season he played all 17 games but he had um even worse stats uh across the board and now he wants a huge contract and he demanded a trade because the bucks aren't ready to give it to him and if he comes out this year and doesn't look like the same guy he was a couple of years ago, then the Bucks defense probably won't be good enough for them to be competitive and he probably won't get that big contract. So it's more of a, a money personal guy, but I think that there's, he's put a lot of pressure on himself by saying, pay me or trade me. He's got to actually, you know, put up the numbers and perform well to show that he's deserving of an actual big money contract at a, you know, not necessarily premium position of off ball linebacker. So, um, and then the last one here is bold predictions. So, 
who wants to go? You go first, Corey. You haven't. I can go yeah. first. You're right. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't gone first yet, and I, I've been kind of struggling with uh, what bold prediction I want to go with here. But um, I'm going to go with one related to the Atlanta Falcons, and I'm going to say that uh, neither. Desmond Ritter nor Taylor Heineke starts 11 games this year. I think it's going to be a revolving door at quarterback. And ultimately, I don't think it's going to matter because I think the Falcons are going to be good. And uh, the kind of follow-up that you know I'm going to ask all of us to do is uh, I'm going to say that the Falcons win the division despite shoddy quarterback play. I think that uh, they have enough talent they added on defense and enough playmakers and enough of a run game that – uh, they're going to be just fine. And Taylor Heineke is going to start another playoff game like he did with Washington in 2020 and will kind of repeat the Heineke uh, career cycle all over again. Yeah, I, I also have Atlanta winning the NFC South because I, I agree with a lot of points that you mentioned, Corey, where, like, yeah, the, the Falcons aren't the greatest team, but this is a pretty easy division and they have a lot of playmakers offensively and I think they'll make a big jump defensively with the additions that they've made. And uh, in terms of a bold call, um, you know, Tampa, they have a bye in week five. And I always love uh, looking at who's the, I always look, I always love looking at the betting markets in terms of uh, first head coach fired. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'll say Todd Bowles is fired that week. <laughs> they'll go, okay. they'll get off to the right. 0-4 start and they'll, and, uh, and they'll replace Todd Bowles with uh with the new offensive coordinator, uh, Dave Canales. And, you, you know, Corey, one thing I mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. I saw this picture of, uh, you know, the Oppenheimer movie, right? Where it's Oppenheimer. Yeah. And then I saw this picture where it showed him talking to Albert Einstein and then someone edited a picture of uh, Ryan Gosling as Ken and Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> and the caption uh. I saw online, which is so funny, which is head coach, which is Oppenheimer, Defensive coordinator uh-huh. Albert Einstein and offensive coordinator Ryan Gosling, and I feel like that's so true that every offensive co- every I feel like a lot of head coaches are offensive minded guys that are like good looking, <laughs> and um, that is the trend these yeah, days. Yeah, and so I could see I could see that happening where Todd Bowles gets fired. He's the first guy fu- head coach fired, and. They bring him as the new head coach. See, Canales is the new rising yeah, I love star. That I was thinking, uh, I, I was thinking, right, I was thinking Michael Thomas comeback player of the year, but someone almost died last year on the football field. I yeah, hate that. So, so, so I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> so, how about how about Michael Thomas in the running for comeback player of the year? Is that bold? Okay. He finishes. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't say first. Someone almost died bold. last yeah. year. Uh, like he's a lot. Yeah, but you're it's... only helping my prediction though. That <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, the Saints actually are going to be the division leader. And um, I guess for my bold prediction, it would be that Miles Sanders is a flop in uh, Carolina. I don't think he's going to put up the same numbers he did last year. I like that call. Yeah, seems. Yeah, that seems. Fair. Uh, I mean, he he is the guy this year. Last year he was in a shared system, but he mm-hmm. also is not in as good of a, an offense, great of an offensive him, I, line. Yep, I don't see him stepping up. All right. Big Chuba Hubbard fan. <laughs> you could say so. <laughs> if that's my other, my other option, which it is. That's, that's the handcuff <laughs> in Carolina, so yeah. <laughs> there it yep. is. That's what I'm saying. Yep. 
All right, so that'll wrap up our NFC South division preview. Uh, Dylan, definitely fun talking uh, that division with you. It's always and fun. Yeah, so uh, with that, let's wrap up our recording here with a draft of fictional educators. And uh, Dylan, this is a topic you chose. So I guess everyone's just... been, uh, <laughs> everyone's been <laughs> waiting for it. You asked it. We got it for you. Uh, What's uh what's your uh, reasoning for wanting to do fictional educators as the draft topic here? I, I always wanted to be a teacher when I was a kid. Actually, believe it or not, you okay. may not know that. That's I a, did not know a that. Fun fact about myself: always wanted to be a teacher. I'd be the worst teacher. Want to be one of those like teacher slash <laughs> coaches like Nazarol. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you wanted <laughs> you wanted to be a teacher so you could coach one of the the sports teams. That's right. Yes. Uh, or like my uh, my great teacher in uh. In middle school, Chuck Gray. He was uh yeah. last to two championships for the uh, Fairgrounds Falcons. Nice. I'd be the worst teacher. I'd I'd be that teacher that just brings out the TV and lets lets the kids watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Nye again. Yeah. You shut up. You Bill, like uh, Bill. 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 Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well. um I think we can kind of, you know, start moving with it. That is a great explanation. I had no idea that was. Why. I didn't know that and, either. Uh, one thing we. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One thing we've been doing is uh, we just let the guests choose the draft order. You choose when you go and when you want the two of us to go. So I think I want B. Wells on the one spot, oh, and then you can sweet. take two. I'll take three. Oh, you take three. All right. Yeah, I'm the I'm the the, the guest that you know keeps providing Dang, for everyone. I, you take one, right. and you take two. I love it. Okay. I I wanted the first pick, but I'll let uh oh, I'll sorry. let Brian take it. Wow, that was that is so unexpected. <laughs> Um, I think I yeah. know who's who's going first. Uh, this one's a pretty. I've pretty got have, I've got two at the here, top, so. but okay. There's one guy that uh, I think I can get later. While the other guy, I think both of you guys, at least one of one of us or one of you guys, uh, mm-hmm. would grab right away if I didn't take him now. So I will take John Keating uh, from Dead Poets Society. Okay. Yeah, he's he like the obvious one one. Yeah, I, I that's that's a strong one. Yeah, Dead Poet Society is a great movie, and obviously a huge reason is because of Robin Williams's character in this movie and Doctor John Keating. And I I I think that uh, a good a good quality in a in a great teacher uh, is someone that inspires students to to you know follow their dreams achieve their goals and and not conform like i feel like that's a big lesson in this movie and even though it, unfortunately because of his teaching style it led to some unfortunate circumstances as you guys know uh watching mm-hmm. the movie uh it, it's a shame what happened but at the same time it has an amazing ending and how some of the students in this class not all of them but but a decent amount yeah. of them were really inspired by his teaching style and made sure of that before he before uh, you know before what happens at the very end and so uh yeah yeah i definitely felt like this is a good choice for the number one pick yeah carpe diem oh captain my captain yeah i mean i i, I wanted the number one pick because i also wanted to get him. I was like, <laughs> maybe brian won't take him um but okay well uh i guess i'm up at number two i have a few different directions i can go with this and um, i think one of my struggles is do i pick someone who i think is kind of just a popular person maybe from like a show or a movie that i didn't resonate as well with so i go with someone who i like more that maybe is is too high of a a pick on something like this i think i'm going to lead toward the 
four. Uh, no, you know what? I'm just going to say uh, we – I don't. I guess I can't do a spoiler for another draft because I don't know when this is coming out, when that one is coming out. But I'm just going to take someone from a show that I think is a very prominent show on uh, this podcast we have. And that's Mrs. Puff from SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? I had. Oh. Yeah, you know, she could have gone way later probably. But ah, we'll see. I kind of want to see where the rest of the, these picks go from here. I'm going to take <laughs> Mrs. Puff, SpongeBob's boating school teacher. Yeah, I mean, I think I think she's a really good character. I love uh, the, the constantly blowing up. Uh, one of my favorite lines. Uh, <laughs> what I need to pass. Uh, six. Hundred. <laughs> what? Six hundred. You need six hundred uh, to pass. You got six. Six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think she's a she's a great character. You only see her in so many episodes because you know SpongeBob's all over the place in Bikini Bottom, but it's uh it's always nice. And as much as SpongeBob sucks at driving, he is a good noodle. He gets lots of stars and. Uh, you know, Mrs. Puff is not afraid to take him away. When he's I'm a good what was the name of, of, the, uh, of the chicken egg? Remember, there were there was like a chicken egg. Oh, I forgot about Roger. That, is, Roger, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> which like they're Love just it. like oh yeah. Without its light, Roger light. will die. <laughs> <laughs> Without Roger, the light will have nothing to warm. <laughs> and and uh, there, there's light bulb at the top of a tower of light bulbs like a hill <laughs> he climbs up the hill of light bulbs yada, 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 yada. <laughs> yeah. yep yes yeah so that's anyway that, i don't know solid like solid second pick yeah it's a good choice i think i think everyone passed except spongebob but he failed like millions of times yes <laughs> only at, at that at that point it's not mrs puff's problem yeah no only no, one more year one more year one more super duper <laughs> Do we, all right, all, do we blame Mrs. Puff? No, we don't. No, no one blames Mrs. Puff. Your turn, Dylan. All right. Well, my number three, of course, Miss Frizzle. Oh, <laughs> that was one who I thought I could get later. Oh, a, yeah, right. I had no, that she's, she's benching over 400. She is the, she is the peak physical fitness. Take Miss chances. Frizzle. Make mistakes. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's what she and always. She so always I says. get uh, three, four. Then three, four. Yep. Mr. Or two, George four, two, four. Principal. There you go. World. Yep. That's another another Me good one. <laughs> <laughs> you want right, to talk so about him? Uh, what more say? to say? What more to say? <laughs> You know, he he makes sense. I didn't watch uh, a ton of Boys Boy Meets World, so he doesn't resonate as well with me. But I know he is such a central character for uh, Corey and company. So mm-hmm. um, I had him on my draft board. I didn't necessarily think I was going to take him, but I'm not shocked that someone took him and took him kind of high. So yep. anyway, I'm back up again at number five here. And um Still kind of like all over the place, but I want one with like a, a character I like from a show I like. I'm going to take someone who I think is just an iconic character from a movie series that I don't like. Uh, kind of a callback to last year when we went through this uh, season preview exercise, but also a callback everyone else seems to like. And that is uh, Yoda from Star Wars, the uh, oh, wow. Jedi Master Trainer. <laughs> uh, you know, Baby Yoda, I think, is kind of uh, giving him even more life these days. But, you know, the original one, the trainer of Luke Skywalker, uh, 
teaches him the force. Bit of an unconventional. Uh, you may think teacher, you think more school teachers, but he definitely qualifies. He's definitely going to be on a lot of lists if you just Google fictional teachers, oh, fictional absolutely. educators. Yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like this is one where I could have swapped these my first and second pick and still, uh, you know, had a, a good top two, but I think Yoda, I think he'll, it'll be a good one to kind of throw on the graphic under my name. That's why this is a great list. Not even on mine. Uh-huh. And I am a huge star Wars fan. Cause that just, <laughs> you didn't think of that. Like Jedi master. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. You're the young Padawan. You are learning yeah. from your master. And look, I, as much as I can say like star Wars and really sci-fi in general, mostly isn't for me. I recognize the iconic status of it and particularly a lot of characters with Yoda being, you know, way up there. All right. For my second pick, I'm going to go with Dewey Finn, AKA Mr. Oh, Schneebly school of rock. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one too. So I, I knew that, uh, this probably would have been my real true 101, but because I knew that <laughs> both you guys like Dead Poet Society, but you know, not School of Rock maybe as much, I felt like I could get Dewey Finn in the second round, which is exactly what happened. So I got my top two draft prospects uh, on Team Wells for, for top That's educators. It's always nice when you do that. Yeah, I mean, Very he's nice. a great, great, great choice. Oh, he's, uh, he's, I, he's the man. The, yeah. there, there are so many great life lessons in that movie and he really gets through to all the kids mm-hmm. even the ones that are not in the band you know just because you're not in the band doesn't mean you're not in the band that's a good flashback from our movie uh i know i was gonna <laughs> our, say like you our didn't comedy get movie. Him, you didn't get that movie in that so i was like i i feel like i gotta make sure yeah that. <laughs> I, I was so <laughs> mad too. i did i had uh, no idea it was on i mean i i i felt like it could be on ben and joey's radar uh because they did a they did a uh, affable affable chat uh, podcast on it, but uh, I didn't I had no idea it'd be on Kenny's radar, <laughs> so that's why it took me <laughs> off guard. But yeah, love love uh, School of Rock, and yeah, he really gets through to all the kids. Like you know, there's one kid who, you know, uh, the piano p- player Lawrence. He didn't think he was cool, and so you know, Jack right, Black's yeah. like, "No, dude, he you are cool," yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he did like that cool handshake with him and mm-hmm. uh, upped his confidence. And then there was one kid who. Uh, oh, there was one. There was one girl who was like, you know, afraid of her. You know, people would make fun of her because of her, of her weight, and it's like, you know, Are- everyone wants to party with Aretha, even though she's big, and and then, you know, one kid got yelled at by his parents, and they did a song like called "Step Step Off," <laughs> "Step Off." I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> that off! scene. Step, Step off! off! Step <laughs> off! I love oh, that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... And that's now my... I'm really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do my chores today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that movie's so good. Um, And then my third round pick, let's see here. Let me look at my list. Um, I'm going to go really off the board. It's not a teacher. Oh, it's a okay. principal because we're doing top nice. educators. Yes. Yep. You guys yep. remember that show, Ned's Declassified? Yes. Oh, of course. Yep. You guys remember Principal Krubs? You know, yes. the glasses? <laughs> Big B. <laughs> yes. Great, great yeah. character. <laughs> yes. Yep. Lo- love Vice Principal Krubs. Did you dress yep. up yep. for Halloween one year? Me? Did you? Or something? Yeah, yeah. Did, I, I, I don't I have a jacket like that. For- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe that's a good uh, idea, though. Yeah, I love I love Vice. It. <laughs> I love Vice Principal Krubs. He was great, and yeah, he always had a cool personality, and he always had the cool jacket. And one thing that really stood out with me with Vice Principal Krubs was there was an episode on Career Day, 
and Ned was like, oh, I don't want a job anywhere near this place. And then when he looks at his list, it's like all like teachers or principal, like any school related job. And so, you know, he goes to vice principal Krubs and, you know, he, he talked about how like, you know, I always wanted to be a vice cop in Miami, you know, cause you see all like the, the jacket and the glasses and he's got the, the helmet with the siren yeah. on it. Uh, <laughs> and But one thing he mentioned was that, you know, he, he could only put the bad guys in jail. Like he couldn't teach them from not doing the stuff. And he talked about how in one episode, he, he can think of a more rewarding job than, uh, than being a vice principal, than being a principal in a, in a middle school where, you, you know, you could teach kids, uh, you know, good ways and, and not, um, and, and make sure that they don't, uh, end up doing bad things, uh, in later in life. And so, that was something that uh, stuck out with me with Principal Krubs and also keeping Gordy on the job. He could have easily fired Gordy, <laughs> but he realized Gordy. that the kids come first. Uh, uh, if you guys remember that episode where the clean off, <laughs> yes, <laughs> between yes, that I do one, that. Uh, between Gordy and another janitor. So uh, yeah, he's like, you suck oh, as a janitor. But the kids I saw, love I saw you. every episode too. Yeah. I don't remember that one. Yes, yeah. they, so, they had a competition. That's deep though, with the whole vice principal thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so that yeah. that's a sleeper. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. Crubs really out. <laughs> See, I yeah. did think <laughs> I did think of that show and I said, Oh, I need to like go back and try to remember because all the, the kids always stand out to me. I like totally forgot about Vice Principal Crubs. As soon as you said his name, I was like, Oh my goodness, that would have been a great pick. And I, he wasn't on my board, but like he he should have been on my board. And I just I kind of I probably wouldn't have taken that high. But uh, you know, regardless, so, uh, like he so- deserved to be picked. So <laughs> Uh, one thing to mention, Kenny uh, said last week on uh, our podcast, like, uh, are we trying to win at this? And I said, like, no, nah, <laughs> not really. I'm winning at this right now. Suck it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, again, okay. I still, I feel like the one one pick. It's like, it's tough, tough to compete with. Uh, I know with that one. So, <laughs> so know, getting Dylan it definitely, is definitely favorite. He put you in a good spot there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I feel like one way to maybe compete is to uh, go at like big franchises and star wars i'm not a star wars fan i've been open about that harry potter though another popular franchise i'm not a harry potter fanatic but i read the books i watched the movies i enjoyed it as a kid a lot of different directions i can go here but um like brian i'm gonna take someone who wasn't a teacher or professor um term headmaster is slightly different (laughs) than principal but more or less the same albus dumbledore i mean he's iconic character played by yeah two different actors all right good i i feel glad that i took it here um i wasn't sure like where harry potter was gonna kind of fall in your list but i mean dumbledore is someone who's a he's a key key person um in like the whole franchise his relationship with harry and um you know we I guess you know, spoiler alert: Dumbledore dies. It's a it's a big piece of uh, everything in the end. There, um, he's just uh, that that iconic gray beard and everything. He's very Gandalf like from a uh, Lord of the Rings, but you know he's a teacher, principal, whatever you want to call him, and he's an educator um, in in this Harry Potter franchise series. And I, I think that uh, he's someone who I always enjoyed, you know, in a, among a litany of uh, just potential Harry Potter characters. I do think he's one of the, the better ones on there. You kind of need that, you know, older, wiser person to, to kind of bring the, those uh, rascal kids in uh, Voldemort and everyone home. So That's definitely the pick from uh, from Harry Potter franchise. Mm-hmm. You could go like Professor McGonagall, but 
Snape, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there, there's Snape. a few. Snape, but... not so much. I think Snape is actually. <laughs> he like, like redeems himself at the end, I but so. yeah, no, I, I get it. Dumbledore is he's great throughout. You know, as long as he's there, and he's even you know shows up in the end, kind of. So, but. So you took that headmaster. I will take uh, teacher, researcher, and headmaster of Xavier Institute, Professor X from the X. All right. Yep. It's another uh, another good one. Yep, X Men huge to me. I love uh love the whole Marvel different multiverses. It's incredible what they're mm-hmm. doing nowadays. Uh just watching it as a kid. Great stuff. Um, yeah. So I have another pick, don't I? Yes. Uh I'm gonna go with uh Wax on Wax on. Ah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. Yep. With karate kid. Uh, great movie can't can't go wrong there yeah for sure i i definitely thought about taking him early i thought i considered him at number two i decided to go I, with mrs Puff. That, I, so uh, he was really high up here and i was kind of not you know uh-huh. testing it out i think that was a good pick for the this particular draft for who he's going against yep. dumbledore can kind of wax on wax off mm-hmm no, I, I totally get it. I, I do think that's a good pick here. Um, you know, I have a – there's like a few that are kind of standing out to me. I feel like there's some that I could get with my last pick. But, you know, it's a question of who do I really want in here. And um, I'm going to go with one that at least at the time of recording. Again, I don't know when this is going to be released, but at the time of recording, the 41st anniversary of this movie was yesterday, and I feel like he's an iconic character from the early 1980s, and that is Mr. Hand from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. If you have not seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I recommend it. I think it is a staple comedy coming of age, and um, one of my favorite parts of it is the whole uh, Spicoli, Sean Penn, really, like his character, who Mr. Hand, is, like he does is not a fan of him and uh you know i i love how like to me mr hand like just this older like professor like uh i'm the smartest guy in the room like he to me is like the stereotypical 1980s teacher (laughs) and uh i think you know he just wants nothing to do with spicoli uh i love like the whole i don't know just you know writing on the board like oh that'll be the credit to you spicoli or like the in the pizza when he gets a pizza delivered to the room so he's not wasting his time uh he just lets all of the uh the good kids eat it instead while spicoli just has to stare at his his pizza that he paid for and got delivered to the classroom uh, and then finally mr hand decides to get his redemption by saying you wasted eight hours of my time i'm gonna waste your time on the night of the big senior dance at the end of the year so uh to me it's an iconic character here um you know a bit of an older one and uh from a, a movie that i really enjoy and um you know i want to make sure i could get him on my list so i'm taking him here in the fourth round all right so for my fourth round pick uh, I'm going to go with the cartoon teacher, not Mrs. Puff, even though that was a good choice. I'm going to go with Miss Fowl from nice. Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I think uh, definitely a good teacher, definitely cared about the, the kids in her class, except Sheen. <laughs> uh, uh, I remember... Carl! Yeah, Carl! <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, and that screechy voice that she had. Yeah, and, it's like uh, like a foul. Yeah, yeah I, that's true. <laughs> uh, I I remember one episode where do you guys do you guys remember the episode where everyone got sick 
and no one was in the class. I was like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> like, no, like every you guys, you guys don't remember. I, I like kind of I'm remember. It, to rem- I'm, say yeah, it. I'm oh, trying my- to remember it. Yeah, like Jimmy made these like sick patches, and then he gave oh, one to everyone. Oh yeah, everyone, yes, yeah, yep, I remember. And that everyone now. got sick, yeah. and so everyone got to yeah. stay home. And uh, then, you know, she was so lonely, of course, that she decided <laughs> to act like the the kids in the class. And so uh, she's like, "How do clouds create rain, Carl?" Like, oh well, uh, when the clouds get sad, uh, they cry. <laughs> no, Jimmy, <laughs> water vapor yeah. condenses onto particles called a condensation nucleus. Got a blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she was a great teacher and uh, always cared about the kids, and even brought them on some. Uh, even brought him to a cool field trip, or, or I don't remember the one where like Jimmy was like riding a bull, and uh, they went to like this, I yeah, that like one. yeah, like mm-hmm. western thing. I don't know what yep. it was called, but rodeo, yeah, uh, yeah. So great teacher, and uh, I'm glad I got it in the, in the fourth round. Uh, for my last pick, I'm gonna go with John Kimball from Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is not the Tuma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in in that movie, he wasn't expected to do the job, but because his partner was ill, he had to do the job and be a kindergarten cop. Where <laughs> even though he was huge and jacked and all that, he ended up being a kindergarten teacher at the same time. Um, and one scene that stuck out to me was he noticed that one kid uh, had an abusive father and so, like, he noticed, like, the, the scars on the back of his neck. And when he went out to confront the father, you know, he took him and he's like, you hit the kid, I'll hit you. And it's like, wow, like, that's, like, what an what an inspiring dude. <laughs> like, not just that one movie, <laughs> but plenty of other movies, too. Uh, def- definitely a lot of great roles, but especially this one. So I'm glad I got that as my last pick and my roster owns your guys roster no offense <laughs> all right we'll see we dylan i still have one more pick I, i'm 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 just glad i got all five of my pick picks which is never oh, the good. case i always have to look yeah. at backups but uh i i got all five choices that i wanted yeah so i think um the one thing about this topic is there's a lot of directions that we could go and i think that there's probably a lot of like shows and movies that you know maybe only one of us or two of us have seen and like and you know not everybody which kind of opens up some options i'll say i've heard of kindergarten cop have not seen the movie uh, my last pick i'm gonna take a show that i not that i'm kind of confident that neither of you have seen but i feel like anyone who has seen the show loves it and uh will be a fan of this pick and that is dean craig pelton from the show community just one of the wackiest characters i've ever seen in a show like just a dean of a community college he's just so eccentric just so outlandish like all the things he does all the bits he commits to like his like crazy costumes and everything he wears and um his love for jeff winger uh, the main character on the show like he, he's just such an iconic character i i thought about going with senor ben chang played by uh kim jong here but i think craig pelton is uh just one of those like what the hell are they gonna come up with next to this with this guy and they just find a way to undo him and ultimately um he is uh he's like the perfect character to play a dean on a sitcom about a community college and he just tries to take himself and his job and his school so seriously, but you just cannot take him seriously with all the things he does. So that's a good pick. 
Dylan? Uh, I'm going to go with who I thought could have even been taken in the first round as the very last pick. Uh, okay. Miss Honey from Matilda. Oh, it's a great choice. Mm, yeah. Yep. I was, was I, I, yep. I had that on my list of honorable mentions. Such a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matilda, obviously, very terrible family living in there. And uh, Miss Honey literally brought out the magic in Matilda. So mm-hmm. I love that pick, Dylan. Yeah, that is, that is a <laughs> yeah. good pick. To, to I, I was considering her, too. Yeah, I mean, this draft, we had a very wide range. In terms I would love of, like, to hear characters. some honorable mentions. Yeah, no, I, I definitely have some out here. I guess, Brian, if you want to get started. with Yeah, like, so ones that were mentioned that were on my honorable list. Uh, yeah, honorable mention list. Mrs. Puff, Miss Honey, Miss Frizzle. Yeah, so, yeah, Dylan, that was a good choice there at the end. Uh, let's see, Walter White. I mean, like, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't really the teach. I mean, smart and great with chemistry, he but... Her- yeah. Exactly one episode in that, <laughs> and then instantly went to yeah. making drugs. Um, Miss Norberry from uh, Mean yep. Girls, uh, yep, Indiana Jones. Well. Oh, and my last one. Oh, true. Uh, yeah. I should know two more. Um, Terrence Fletcher from Whiplash. Uh, the, scary oh, as hell. Great one. Yeah. I thought about picking him, but it's like, do I really want him as my teacher? <laughs> oh. Scare the shit out of me, and I'd be crying uh, ten minutes yeah. in. No, but. But yeah. his character really stuck out to me just because he was his teaching style was yeah like perfectionist. He was really abusive at times. But uh, one thing one thing that really stood out to me is when him and uh, Miles Teller's character like had a one on one talk. And he's like, you know, I wasn't there to conduct people. Anyone can just wave their arms around and keep people in tempo. Like I was there to push people beyond what was expected of them. And he you know he wanted to find that next Charlie Parker. Uh, his own version of that. So that's why he was on my honorable mention list, but I didn't want to pick him my top five because he's scary as hell. <laughs> uh, did I say uh, Indiana Jones? Uh, yes, you did say Indiana okay. Jones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my last one. Do uh, you guys remember the Fairly Odd Parents? Oh, yes. Mr. Crocker. Yeah, oh, there can Mr. only be Crocker. one reason. Only one reason for this. Fairy Godparents. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. His ear was like on his neck. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I mean between like him and Miss Fowl, like I think you could have gone either way and yeah, it would have uh, been a, a solid pick. So um, I can agree there, yeah. Yeah, I mean Dylan, if you want to go next. Sure. Um I said uh Stan Deliver, the guy from Stan Deliver, you know, with the inner city kids. They're getting them to pass their standardiz- standardization tests. Uh saw that movie uh, in probably middle school i would say and yeah uh, sounds right that was fan i haven't seen it since but i mean it was that impressionable that like i remember mm-hmm. that that teacher did great things and he's a real teacher what was his name it was uh one second okay <laughs> ha- Hami escalante <laughs> nice <laughs> nice spanish yep. thank you I wrote uh, Cameron Diaz, Bad Teacher. Oh, that's oh, another good go. one. We all know why. Yep. We yeah. all know why. For sure. I don't really need to. Go <laughs> Horrible that movie, one. but I love the car wash scene. Uh. <laughs> uh, Jessica Day, New yes, Girl. Yes, I also I had her. New Girl. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I, um, I'm a big New Girl fan. Yeah, well, my brother is a huge New Girl fan, so like I know so many people love it, not just him. But uh, that it's, was one where it's like show. maybe it's I'll consider her if I need her. But uh, yeah, I mean it. It is a very good show. I haven't seen it all the way through, but I always enjoy it when I watch it. It's great. It, I watch it probably at least a couple times a week. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> yep. And then I have uh, Coach Rick Miller from the Goldbergs. He's the PE teacher. If you've ever seen the Goldbergs, oh, okay. I really like I, the um... PE teacher. You could you could pick a couple different people from the Goldbergs, but yeah. Rick Miller. Nice. Yeah, I, I have not seen that show, but I mean, I, I've seen so many ads for it over the years. So it's great. It's a, it's a good one. I like it at least. Yeah. So I guess just like a few others that haven't been named. I'll start with the uh, cartoons I had. Uh, Miss Finster from Recess. She sucked. Oh, sure. She was so yeah, mean. She <laughs> like the kids hated yep. her, but kind of <laughs> an like iconic Wendell, character. Was that yeah, Wendell right. Was the, the, the teacher's like, pet. Snitch. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, but then, I mean, she kind of redeems herself in the movie at the end, so she at least ends on a high note. Uh, I remember Charlie that, Brown, yes. Charlie Brown's teacher, never see her, but it's always a wah, 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 like all the adults. <laughs> is like, um, you know, a little before my time to really enjoy her, uh, or I guess whatever. I think it's a girl teacher. Uh, and then Mr. Garrison from South Park. Uh, I feel like there are a couple that you could choose from that show. I've never been a huge South Park fan. Like, it's all about... Um you know, gender equality yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, loving yourself, even though others may see you differently. Yeah. very. There's, there's a lot that Mr. Garrison taught us. There's a lot that he taught us not to do. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, just a wild character from that show. And then um, Principal Skinner from The Simpsons. But that, that was one where, like, I have become a slightly bigger Skinner fan after seeing the the steamed hams episode that, uh, you know, Benjamin watched on the Affable Chat live stream a few months back. Uh, but it was, like, not enough to put him on my list, but it was very much considered him. Um, and then a couple of real-life ones. Um, Lily Aldrin from How I Met Your Mother. She's kind of in the category of she's technically a teacher, but I like her for things outside of her being a kindergarten teacher. Um, Kenny Powers, Eastbound and Down. That's one where like I've seen like the first couple episodes. I tell myself straws here. Yeah, I know exactly. And that's like they were like ah, I I can't with uh them. And then uh. Ben Reitman from Fever Pitch. Well, that's one very personal to me. And again, if it was about oh, any yes. team other than the oh, 2004 yeah, Red Sox, not I would not so like high, it. But like when it hits yeah. home, that's a great pick. Yeah, that's it, a great pick. Uh, but again, it's that's one where like if you're not a fan of the 2004 Red Sox, then it's like Fever Pitch is not that compelling exactly. of a movie. So I guess uh, I have one more for real life people. It would be uh, Annie Sullivan from The Miracle Worker, aka Helen Keller's uh, ah. teacher yeah taught taught a blind deaf girl how to speak talk about a miracle worker yeah for sure yeah i mean there's probably some others that i'm not thinking of as well um just given a few that were thrown out there i was like oh yeah that would have been a a good pick so but uh yeah i mean i I think this is a fun topic it's one that you know brian and i never really considered but um, i'm glad that we did it and i liked we did it in a draft because it led to a lot of i'm really surprised at some of your picks but they came out to be actually this was a really good draft yeah yep no, I for agree. sure yeah this was definitely a fun one yep so that'll do it for this episode uh dylan silva thanks for joining us it was a very very Thank fun time it. yeah i i was a little nervous but uh, I, you know i think we did a good job 
I'll say I was also nervous, uh, but I think that you you handled yourself well, um, and you know some some good conversation about a uh, a division that is maybe not the most exciting, just given the the low ceilings of all these teams. So, um, I any I guess, uh, do you want to throw out any kind of plugs before we wrap it up? You know, <laughs> uh, probably just do the how I see the division ending up. Probably Saints, Falcons. Uh, Panthers Bucks. I'm gonna say Bucks bottom. All right. I mean, that's a prediction. I guess you're not a big social media guy anyway. So <laughs> that's but we'll, true. Uh, we'll we'll tag well, you. Well, hold on, place. hold on. <laughs> what, what about media. the real D Silva? The real D Silva. <laughs> oh, that's account. right. Yeah, I didn't even know that Twitter changed to what's it called X now? X. Or yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Elon Musk ruining things. So uh, I don't yeah, know no, if we'll... I can still get into that account. Oh, that Prob- is such a shame. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's probably, I know that uh, Brian McAfee has at least some of the credentials for that one. So if if need be, we can ask him to get me in. <laughs> I definitely had it at one point. Who was the one account that you followed on it? <laughs> Juicy, like J. Juicy J. Juicy, Juicy J. Juicy J. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh... Interesting. I had times, great ratio. I had like I think it was like sixty followers, and I only followed one, one follow. person. So <laughs> if it was all about the the follow ratio. I had a good yeah. one. Yeah, for sure. People so. like people ask like, do you follow people? Like, no, I only follow this one person. They're like, oh, so you like if you need to see something about someone, you really have to follow them. Like, click <laughs> in. And, like, like, I just don't use Twitter no. at all. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was trying to anyway, find it this entire time, but I can't. I don't like. No, is it is it the real? I probably real have DC? to go in and like update. Like, are you still using this? Yeah, right. They might have like, like wiped you off for of being an inactive account. I know that's something that he said he you was going to do. Thank you, Lon, again. Yeah, exactly. So that's such a shame. Yep. Anyway, that'll do it for our NFC South division preview. For our guest host Dylan Silva, regular co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone. Oh, 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 oh,